Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm David. And this is the Practical Guitarist Podcast. The podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. Hello, Jim. Hello, David. I needed I need to cut out the uh, the the uh, copious amounts of whatever drug I'm doing that's making me angry. But <laughs> we'll, we'll get there later. I don't need uh, drugs for that. For those of you who are found our beloved podcast here, if you are a regular listener, and if you oh no wait whoa 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 let me let me back this truck up. Are you a regular listener? If so, great. If not, why not? Subscribe to The Practical Guitarist using your chosen podcast app. Take the time to put in a review with the service where you found our podcast, albeit Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, or wherever the hell else it came from. Get involved! Find our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash practical guitarist. And if you'd like to reach out to us directly, you can do so at questions at practicalguitarist.com. And well, that was a mouthful. Should we do um should we do some housekeeping for or not we did the housekeeping. Right. Should we do like a what's new first before we get into the topic? Sure, let's talk it's about what's completely new. Completely after you, Jim. All right. Yeah. So what's new? So I just got back literally, let's see, it's five twenty now. Yes. Uh, I got back about forty minutes ago from the music store. Um oh. on uh their Facebook page they had a they had a uh, Vernon Reed Vela. Uh-huh. Uh TRS Vernon Reed Vela. Yeah. And I know that they're fast running out. Uh, a lot of stores don't have them. I don't think Sweetwater's getting any more. Um, so I had to go out and try it. My wife actually condoned it. She said, it's a limited edition. If you really want it, like, you can get it kind right. of deal. So I was, and and with the caveat, something else has to go, right? So I'm right, like, right. all right, well, I don't know what I want to part with at this point, but I'll go try it out just to, you know, just to say that I, I played one, so I know what they play like. Right. Um, so I'll give my I'll give my little quick review. Um, the Vernon Reed Vela has some very interesting features. It's different than the standard Vela in a couple of ways. Number one, you have a V-shaped neck. It is a deep V. It is the deepest V I've ever seen. Um, I actually really enjoyed the feel of the neck. It's it, despite having a deep V, it has it's it felt like more like an Ibanez neck in in terms of thickness. Um, it is definitely thicker than an Ibanez neck, but it is not your standard pattern thin neck from a Paul Reed Smith. Um, Pickups were great. Uh, the pick guard looks fantastic. I love that it's not a glossy pick guard. It's it's some sort of like material with um like a little bit of shape to it. Um, and because it, the pick doesn't bind against it, it was fantastic. Um, it was a bit like having an unfinished fretboard, and that's the way I can think about it. It's not wood or anything. The pick guard is actually metal plastic, but it's it's textured. Um, it has, of course, the Floyd Rose. The the uh, not it's not a licensed Floyd. It's an actual Floyd. And uh, I didn't play around with the bar because it wasn't installed on the instrument when I got my hands on it. But um, I will say, anybody who's played a real Floyd, they do have a certain sound to them. Um, this guitar had that sound. Uh, I got through, you know, like the first half measure of like um, uh, one of his songs, um, Cult of Personality, I think. And I was like, all right, this is the sound. And then I just spent the rest of the time just screwing around with it. And uh, to be honest with you, the guitar is great. Like, I had my little caveats with it. Number one, I couldn't do like a thirteenth chord on the on the first fret, like an F thirteen on the first fret, because my fingers were banging into the uh, the locking uh, the locking mechanism for the Floyd Rose uh, at the nut, 
And then uh, I had some issues with the frets being, they were super small. They were like small vintage. Um, I really expected Vernon Reed to go like biggest frets that he can get his hands on, but he's not that guy apparently. Um, and I would say the only other thing I didn't like about it uh, was it was black. I don't like black guitars. It's just the thing. They yeah. show scratches super easy. They're hard yeah. to keep clean. They show fingerprints. I yeah. I okay. So I have a I have two black PRSs, but um, I, I think some of they're us not, like. But they're not black. They, they're they're you have well birth. they're trans. Yeah yeah yeah. They're not they're they're not black. You know right, what I mean? Right. Yeah yeah. That, uh, that that one is truly black then. Yeah yeah. Um, mirror mirror black. That's yeah, what it looked like. Yeah. Kind of like the jet glow um uh, of uh, Rickenbacker. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, the pickups were just, they were out of this world. I, was gonna I don't say, know if they've been tweaked for that model, or if that's the current S2 pickups. I picked up another SE off the wall to compare, yeah. and I was like, put the SE back, I don't want this thing. Yeah. Um, well, once you once you pick up that, that Bella, I knew that you'd like that. You know, honestly, um, when it comes to the, uh, to the decision for a Vela, I think that I would probably go um, custom shop, I would wait. I'd go custom shop. I'd say, can you, do, can you do that though, Jim? Yeah, of course you can. He'll do anything. Custom I don't think, shop. He well, will yeah, do anything. No, Paul has I, been, I get it. I get it. But I don't want to spend $6,000 on a guitar. That's crazy. Paul We're has been, to be practical, said, Jim, I, I'm, no. I'm being impractical when I talk about no my custom shit. shop. <laughs> I mean, no, you don't have to go $6,000. You can come in just barely over. Um, if you look at the pricing, um, cause it depends on the number of modifications you make. I, well, you're talking about the art. You're talking about the artist upgrade for the core series. But yeah, no, I'm talking that's about that's technically not custom shop. Correct. But all you're doing is taking a um, uh, a standard Vela, right, and making some well, modifications. Vela is an S2, so you can't do the artist level on it until you go to custom shop. There you yeah. go. That's so, core model only, so it's pl- it's six thousand plus. Uh, I said it was slightly more than than cold. Yeah, I am not buying. No, they don't make a core Vela. That's the point. I know that's well, <laughs> they don't make a core, uh, right? So, well, the thing is, he'll make anything. So, oh, I know he will. Look at that uh, John Mayer thing. But look that, at okay. So let's at, let's ask this question. Let's say you picked up the Vela. How much was the Vela? Um, uh, two grand. All right. So the one that they had. The, so the car, the the Vernon Reed Vela is. Twenty two fifty. Okay, twenty two fifty. Um, what you didn't like about it? Let's talk about some of the things you can, and you it probably wouldn't change the you position of the, the Floyd, Floyd Rose. Rose you're not going to change that. Stuck. That's that's stuck. So unless that's a that's a, a deal breaker, then you move to the frets. I would I probably I put probably bigger deal frets with on. That. I could deal with it, but the thing is, like, should I have to? For that amount of money, there are plenty of guitars in that price range that I can afford right now that I don't have to. And True. I feel like here's the biggest problem I have with it. I feel like that price tag is only that price tag because it's a limited edition. And well, there yes. I I would have to say if you look at the production value of a of a limited edition, that falls into, hey, we're only making so many. We only put this much effort into it. So we had to set our machines up, we had to set our, you know, our dies up, everything else. And now whoop, we put out that whatever, whatever three hundred, four hundred, a thousand. I don't know how many of them. Yeah, it seems like it was like five hundred or something. But yeah. yeah, it was a very limited run. And then poop, they're gone. And if you don't want it, you don't like it. Tough shit. Five hundred are going to sell. So mm-hmm. there, there are five hundred people out there that want them more than you. So the truth is, if you were you were able to get one, especially new, 
Um, honestly, that's the. It, it's very seldom where you can find a guitar that's going to sell for more, almost immediately used than new, and that's one of them. Uh, it's not going reverb right now. Yeah, you get you're not getting that much for it. There's tons of new ones out there for the same price, yeah. but there's also I've also seen a couple of used ones for under two thousand. Really? Yeah. Because it just doesn't have the so if Vernon Reed was the yeah. biggest player on earth, that might be one thing. Yeah, but he's not. It, he's not. There's a very select group of people that want Vernon Reed's that's signature. What I was, that's what I was about to say. It's it's difficult when you talk about the, the player. Not to say that Vernon Reed isn't a great player. That's not definitely right. not what I'm saying. But because of that, it kind of goes down from there. Whereas the Silver Sky right now, with all the controversy around it, all the people that want it, some people are just flipping them. Um, immediately. Yeah, I've seen I've seen that because they're going for like two three hundred dollars over. Yeah, uh, it's not a huge new. amount. I mean, you could flip a you could flip a PS when the when the new PlayStation comes out faster. But well, l- let me put it to you this way: so if you were if you were if Vernon Reed was was a church guitarist or a guitar player that many church guitarists liked, and we know right now that a lot of the gear money is coming out of that community. Yep, this thing would be selling for more than it is used that's right. that's that's exactly the way i feel about that i think that's why the the uh silver sky has such a big thing going on with it right now yeah and that will that will die off as soon as no the, it will sure because sure. the silver skies are going into a bigger production i'm sure that uh next year we'll see a lot more of them and we'll oh, yeah. see those used numbers come down but i would have thought i wouldn't that, even be surprised if they don't try to make them in the in the s2 factory next year yeah yeah i wouldn't be surprised at all i mean the s2 is made for more production yeah well, you know the thing that that um, before we leave the Silver Sky thing, the the thing about the Silver Sky um, that people I think forget is the Silver Sky has its own body shape, right? Its own right. pickups. It's a um, fairly unique thing. Everything about it. If you went to the Paul Reed Smith um, uh, place, you know the the um, not the warehouse, the um, uh, the Their place factory. Where they're the fa- factory, factory. Thank you. I'm going there next week. I forgot what it's called. Yeah, I know. Anyway, like, what the hell, Jim? I know. In in uh, actually six days, I'll be there. Um. So, um, if you go to the factory, you're not going to find a lot of you know um, Silver Sky bodies, Silver Sky necks, Silver Sky headstock, Silver Sky. I mean, the whole thing is its own line, right? And so you've got to come down the line with that, and it's the only one that's using everything that's on it. Everything. With the exception of maybe the tuners, right? The frets. I I had since this that's, is part of the reason why it's I relatively have, inexpensive for something like that. This is part of the reason why I have a hard time with the, the Vernon Reed Vela. Okay. So yeah. I don't really want a Floyd equipped guitar if I can avoid it. Right. Um the Floyd is one of the problems on that guitar in terms of like cording that I wasn't super thrilled about. Um and so, for me, like it makes more sense to get a standard Vela, yep, and then install whatever trim system I want on it, and put my own pickups in those it. pickups. Yeah, no, yeah, they don't even have to be those pickups. I mean, I can put EMGs in there and be completely happy because that's th- these are these are like a low output EMG. That's the way I can think to describe very ho- very broad bandwidth pickups, not so focused and um, old school. So yeah, um, but that being said, like. I'm. St- I would still be out fifteen hundred or seventeen hundred dollars, um, 
and I don't get the V-shaped neck. And the V-shaped neck is actually the biggest selling point, in my opinion. It would be great if PRS would offer a guitar with a V-shaped neck every once in a while. Yeah, uh, uh, so the standard V or uh, the standard Velos don't have the V-shaped neck like that. No, 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 no. I played the Vela many a time. <laughs> it's like for some reason the the Vela and the um, the Miras just never. I don't know. I'm not. You know, the Mira I love. And the Vela, the Vela doesn't do anything for me with those pickups. I don't like the Vela pickups. No, I'm not. I know a lot of people who do, but yep. I'm not one of them. Yep. So the Mira, on the other hand, really touches my heart as an SG lover, um, yeah. and I think it's a better SG than an SG. In fact, yeah. after after going and say, you know thinking to myself, well, I could trade my SG to get the Vernon Reed Vela. I'm kind of sitting there thinking, but why would I do that when what I really need is another SG yeah. that that holds tuning better and stuff? So I think that I would be better served to kind of hold off, trade my SG at some point to get a Mira. So now um, the the um. Have you tried the uh, Santana bottles? Yeah, I've played those. I played. I played. I think all of them. That is a including the SC models. Yeah, that's a completely different guitar when you pick up that Santana. Yeah, there. I mean, I've played the. Um, I know I've played the two because my my guitar teacher of yore, which I've had guitar lessons in probably seven or eight years, um, he had a he had a PRS uh, Santana two that he had traded to get, and um, it was okay. Like I honestly, I didn't get stoked on on uh, PRS until I played custom twenty twos and twenty fours. Yeah, that yeah. like when I once I played one of those, I was like, now I get it. Because uh, I played a couple of the other ones, I played single cuts and stuff again. It just didn't do anything for me. And then I played the the custom twenty two. Actually, it was the custom twenty two specifically. Um, that I was like, okay, I could do this. So moving towards our our topic of conversation, um, would you prefer the cut the twenty two or the twenty four? If you were gonna get a if you're gonna get a core. If you're gonna, go. I'd go. I would go 22. Yeah, and and it's just because I have a preference. Well, so I don't know if they're doing the uh, the three way switch on the 22 anymore. Um, I have a preference for the uh, the neck pickup position to be a certain place, and that and that's because I actually use the neck pickup a lot. Um, I've never really jived with 24 fret guitars for that reason. Interesting. That's I never used a 24th. I never used a 24th fret anyway. I, so my fingers are fat, stubby. Like sausages of fingers that have to use the side of it or something. You know, I don't use the twenty fourth fret, but I do prefer twenty four frets only because of finger placement on a twenty four fret in the same position. Given the the in other words, the nineteenth fret or the twentieth fret of a twenty four fret guitar versus yeah, the nineteenth your fret. index finger versus your middle finger. I've right. never had that problem. In fact, when I have to get that twenty four fret, no, I'm usually tremolo picking anyway. So yeah. I don't even need it. I just stick my finger there and go for it. <laughs> so and that I was leading you towards the reason. Intonation. And, well, no, more more about the oh, ergonomics. The, the ergonomics and and the sound of the of the um, string right over the tw- where you put the, the um pickup because it is um everybody that's listening should realize that a twenty-four fret guitar versus a twenty-two fret guitar depending on how it's built and engineered, which we're going to talk about in a second, that makes the decision of where that neck pickup can sit. Yeah. yeah. And so now we're going to talk a little bit about strings. Okay. So, intonation. I- let's, let's talk about intonation. What is intonation? So intonation, the word itself refers to how in tune you are. 
um, with yourself usually. That's that's typically the way you would use that term. Um, there is string intonation, how in tune a string is with itself, meaning how much deviation is there from fret to fret in terms of the note. So if you play an E at open string on the low E string versus the E at the 12th fret, are they exactly an octave apart? Or they may be a few quarters of a cent off or something like that. Um, and then, of course, there is also instrument level intonation, which I don't think you would actually call it. I would just say I would think most people would just say is the instrument intonated, meaning does the instrument play in tune with itself all over the neck? Meaning are all the strings properly intonated and referenced against each other? Right. Because just because you're in tune at the 12th fret and the open string does not mean you're in tune at the 15th fret or the 7th fret. Now, let's back up for a second because we can talk about some some things called like compensated intonation. And where you'll run into compensated intonation. So if you play if you're a keyboard player or if you've ever played with a keyboard player, like a like a piano player or even just regular keys or even uh, like like organ, you'll notice that your guitar is slightly out of tune with said keyboard player, specifically on your your higher strings. At least that's the way I always notice it. And there's a reason for this. It has to do with um and you can you can read up more on it. I don't have all the historicity of it, but it has to do with how they adopted um, standard tuning and how uh, the way that they compensate pianos and keys are different than the way that they compensate tuning on a guitar. So because of that, some players, specifically one I can the, the one I can think of that comes to mind, where I learned this from, will slightly detune and usually flatten their high E, high B, and maybe their G string just to like not even a cent just so they can be more in tune with keys when they're playing with them. The one particular player that I'm going to mention is Eric Johnson who does this. And of course we know his ears are insane and we know that for most people, this is not even an issue, but if you are so inclined, that could be a problem. Now here's where things get fun. So we're talking about intonation. Now there are all these compensated intonation systems for guitar. There's Yervana, which is a compensated nut. Yep. And then there's what the the fret wave, uh, which is like compensated frets. They have a they actually have right. like a shape in them. And I think we've talked it's, about some of this stuff on the podcast before. But yeah, it's called true temperament. That's yeah fretting system. And so all of these things aim either to get you closer to what is you know modern 440 equal tem- temperament, um, which was developed back when Bach was alive. Actually, uh, he wrote a piece called the Well Tempered Clavier which had to do with when Vienna ratified the um, the equal temperament system. So, um, of course, I think that's even been modified since then. I think we use a slightly different version of that. Um, but again, I'm not, a, I'm not a music history guy. You want to ask somebody, go ask Michelangelo Badio. He'd probably know. Um, he has a wealth of that kind of information knowledge. But uh, so basically what I'm getting at though, is that these other systems aim to accomplish something by either flatting or sharpening certain strings to get you closer to that intonation goal. Now, fast forward to the last 10 years of guitar and it, well, actually really the last 20 years, uh, you have seen a increased presence of tuning down specifically in heavy metal music. Uh, we've had, J- or, uh, we had Jason Fussmonger on the show and he talked to us about tuning down to B, I believe it was. Uh, there are guys going lower than that. I have heard of bands playing in F. If you can imagine that, drop F. Wow. Okay. That's like putting a bass string on your guitar at that point. Yeah, pretty much. 
Um, so here's where this gets wild. As part of this, you start to realize that the tension. Okay, so if you increase the gauge of the string, you're going to increase the tension of the string, right? As you tune it up, depending on what it is. So in order to get a proper sounding F note, you need a pretty damn thick string to get similar tension to what the other strings on your guitar are. Um, I don't know what that gauge is offhand. You, you do it at your own risk. Um, you will probably have to drill holes in your tuners and everything else to make it accommodate that particular size of string. But the point is that what what do we know about bass guitars, right? We know that if you're going to tune down to a lower thing to accept like a bass gauge of strings, so like we're talking huge strings, uh, above 100 in some cases, um, you're you're obviously going to have to have a longer scale length to accommodate the intonation. And there's a reason for that. In lower notes, you have to be more precise because you can hear when it's out of tune a lot easier than higher notes. It's just the way it is. It has to do with the uh, the frequencies and, and uh, the amount of energy pushed out by low notes. So if you didn't know this, low notes put out more energy, which means that they're easily heard over longer distances, which is why if you've ever heard a band playing like a mile away on a hill or something, you can hear all the low stuff because you're not getting any of that treble. Yeah, sometimes you'll get a wash of the treble depending on on yeah. your position and, and echo and where you are and all these other environmental right. factors. Even right. humidity matters at that point, by the way. Yes, yes, it does. Um, so here's where we get interesting. So now that we've got all these guys tuning down and they're wanting to use these big-ass strings, and they're starting to realize it's a lot harder to intonate with big-ass strings on a guitar that is not designed for it, they're starting to stretch scale length. So our Fender, our, our Fender scale length, and I don't call it standard because they're all, every guitar is different. It has been, every manufacturer has their own preferences. Gibson uses 24 and three quarter. And we're talking specifically about electric guitars. Most acoustic guitars, from what I understand, are 24 and three quarter. I think your classical guitars are also 24 and three quarter. Your PRSs are 25. Your Fender guitars are 25 and a half. All right. So I've seen 27, 28, 30 inch gauge guitar or 38 inch scale links on guitar now. And that's specifically to help out with the lower strings. Doesn't do much on the higher strings. So a lot of times you find those guitars are not. Um, they're tuned in like a standard tuning, but they're dropped down like five notes or something or six notes. Um, be that as it may, those uh, particular instruments are more geared towards doing this kind of thing without the modern thought of realizing, hey, I can extend the scale length dependent on the string gauge necessary, right? So now we've got brands like Ormsby, um, even Ibanez, and other companies that are doing these things where Peaceful. they have... They have compensated frets. Right. And, of course, they got the fret wave system over on Ibanez, too. Uh, Yamaha has used fret wave as well. Um, now, Strandberg some of these other companies, Strandberg is, is real big on this, yep. the fanned fret. Have you ever seen one of these things? They look intimidating to play um, because you're like, well, your hand position is going to have to be different. They really aren't, from what I understand. Um, there's maybe some small issues with bar recording, but nothing that's going to like make you unable to play it if you're an experienced player. Um, and they ha often have other features to make the guitars more ergonomic. Um, part of the reason that fan frets exist is because it's supposed to follow the natural curvature of the finger against, you know, from your, from your extending from your palm up the, the guitar. So like when you have your hand down at the first position, your finger is supposed to 
curve a certain way if you're reaching that low string. So if you're going to play the high strings, it may not be as necessary, but you'll notice because the fan the fan goes a certain way, like a backslash, you're you're going to find that your fingers don't have to reach as much on the lower strings as they do on the higher. I mean, I mean lower geometric or geographically than the than the higher strings. So lower in pitch strings. If you're gonna play on your low E, basically, your finger is gonna shift more out than it would be on the on the higher string. And and the frets deal help deal with that. Now that being said, we all know that everybody has different hands. They all play the guitar differently. And so your mileage may vary on ergonomics. I don't think that's the big selling point of band frets, but it is certainly a reason for it. I think I think companies like Kiesel who have said, well, we could have gone with a more extreme fan. We opted not to because we wanted to make it more about playability and less about extreme craziness. I think I think part of the um, ergonomics, though, as well, is the it, it is goes back to what you were talking about earlier is the tension of the string based on string size and based on the change in scale length as we go to that longer scale length. Um, sure, that's a part of it too. Right. It just and there it is an ergonomic to right to the tension of the string. Sure, sure. Um, I I think I think you're absolutely right. I think the ergonomic argument though is more focused on the angle. Yes, and and approach, and so that's why I, I chose to leave that out. But so then we go on. So there, that's that's purpose one, right? Maybe ergonomics, right? So the purpose two is what we were originally starting out the discussion talking about, intonation. And that's this idea that um, if your guitar is set up properly and there's no fret buzz, and you're using a big, you're using a standard gauge string tuned down to B, for example, that string is going to be moving wildly across the fretboard. So what that means is you're, you're going to have to have more relief to keep that string from vibrating against the frets, which means that it's going to be higher off the board. And if it is not, you've got your notes going sharp and flat. The other thing is, because that, that string is under such light tension, how much you push on that string determines its pitch. So you can actually have, based on just like the chord shape you're playing and what fingers are where, can change the intonation of the guitar. Absolutely. It's not, and, and you can argue that that's not really changing the intonation because the string really is just, you know, it's supposed to only touch the fret or whatever. But the reality is, you set the intonation for the player, not just the guitar. Right, right. Um, some players the, are going to be more heavy-handed than others. And then the third reason is tonality. And that is probably, it is probably the, I'm not going to lie, it is probably the more critical of the of the other two reasons, or, or of the of these three that we're talking about. And that's because your tonality, let's face it, we've all heard bands that sound like rubber bands, or gu- guitars that sound like rubber bands when you tune them down. That's that's just the thing. Like, um, so as we've gotten to this point where we're starting to use heavier good strings and we're starting to realize that even then they may still be floppy or they may not intonate properly, guess what? You need fan frets or you need an extended scale guitar or you need a seven string guitar that's set up properly for this. And even then with a seven string, you may not be able to get down to B. Right. I mean, you might be in, you might be an A well, the or problem, something like that. Right. So the problem exists. Let's say that we take a standard scale length. Let's let's say one of these standards. Let's say 24. Four and three quarter inch snail length, or twenty five yeah. and a half cent, right? Twenty five and a is it twenty five and, and a half is twenty five and a half is Fender. Yeah. yeah. Let's say we had a twenty five and a half, which is the is a little more ergonomic towards that. If we have a twenty five and a half, and you start throwing a seventh or eighth string on that, you're still trying to say, okay, at twenty five and a half inches, what is the gauge of string you're going to need? Right. There? So there's right. there's two things that are involved at this point, and that's that the heavier gauge string. And 
the decreased tension because right. um, so you either have to have heavy gauge string, really heavy gauge string, or decreased tension because a heavier gauge string has to be tuned uh, or has to be at um, what more tension, right, to get a higher note. Now, that's the reason for using a heavy gauge string um, so that you can, okay, now I got to tension that string more to get that note. But the, the um, fan fret takes care of that by now we've changed our scale length. So at the high string, we won't call it a high E because we don't know what the tuning is, but let's call it that for, for um, ease of use here. Um, the high E is now at, say, 24 and three quarters. But the low string, whatever that winds up being, depending on whether you have seven or eight strings, now you're out at 27 and plus. No. So, so now you so can have less of a, of a fat string. Right. You can have more spin. You can get more ergonomic. And um, you, can, um, you can have that string not have to be, like you said, it doesn't have to be too tight. It doesn't have to be too loose. It can be, you know, uh, what's the what's the little girl that walks into the den of bears and starts just eating your porridge? Just right, right. It's just right. Now, so here's an issue, and this is this is the thing I want to point out. That it kind of pokes holes in the in the fan fret boat, um, and I, I I don't want to say cause I don't want to say pokes holes in it because I think there are still valid reasons to use it. Right. If you are using a standard E string, and you're so here's where here's where I where I where I kind of jump off the boat here. Right. If you have a fan fret guitar and you're turning down to B standard, okay, so instead of E standard, you're turning down to B standard, right? Right. And you've upped the gauges of all your strings, shouldn't your high E string be higher than 25 and a half inch scale length? That would be the that would be the logic, right? Right, but it's not. But it's not. So I don't know that necessarily so baritone guitars accomplish this by moving the whole scale length longer, right? right. I think what the fan fret guitars allow people to do um, in terms of in improving their intonation and stuff, and maybe it's not as big an issue on the high strings. Maybe we would talk about this. They feel like the gauges on the high strings are not as not as big an issue to intonate because they're not wound or whatever. Um, there may be some logistical reasons that, that maybe that's a good reason to get somebody on the show to actually comment about it. Yeah. But um I, I feel like if you're going to do something like um, Robert Fripp does, which is he's got his new standard tuning, he's got strings that are tuned, you know, instead of a fifth, they're tuned like a sixth or a seventh. You'd have to look up his tuning. I can't remember what it is, yeah. but they're tuned, they're tuned evenly across the neck and it gives him a wider range across the guitar. But it also means you'd have to use lower gauge strings on the lower strings and higher gauge strings and higher strings. And it may work better for that, but do it, doing a fan fret with a 25 and a half on the bottom. I would think I would think that that some of these um, band fret guitars are probably going longer than twenty five and a half on the on the uh, the bottom, but I haven't I haven't looked into it too much. What right. I do know is there is a wonderful gentleman on YouTube that goes by the name of Levi Clay, yes. who is from either England or Australia, and I couldn't tell immediately from his accent. Um, who's playing Ormsby guitars, and he has a fucking tirade on YouTube about <laughs> yeah. why you would want to use fan frets. <laughs> and yeah. it's wrong. He, he straight out says intonation has nothing to do with it. Right? right. Which is not true. It has, it maybe doesn't have, it's not the biggest reason to do it, but it is certainly a reason to do it. And then he also says, uh, that it, ergonomics is bullshit. Right. That, that's literally what he says. He says, right. that, that, people say that you use it for ergonomics. Bullshit. 
And that's like, I just yeah. want to reach to the computer and slap this guy. Both times, I don't both times he said, bullshit. He said, he said uh, that people were opening their mouths about why fan frets exist. And he said, it has to do with intonation. Bullshit has to do with ergonomics. Bullshit. And, and then both times he said, bullshit. Yeah. Here's the kicker. When he gets done, he says, I really wish that people on the internet who don't know anything about anything should just stop talking about this stuff. Yeah, and then he rambles on. And, and then he rambles on for literally a half. It, it's it's, four, it, it's yeah, a quarter minutes. of an hour. Yeah. It's a quarter of an hour of him just rambling and confirming the things he just said were bullshit. Yeah. That's that, what's fucking unbelievable about it. He then turns well, around and talks about how the, the string tension and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, he just... So... I you just got him, done saying that this is bullshit. I wrote him a reply, and and I basically said, I didn't do it under Practical Guitars, did it under my name. I wrote him a reply, and I said, listen, and in a smart-ass way, you're wrong. And that, you know, there's a reason that companies are going around and saying this is an ergonomic thing, this is an intonation thing, this is also a total thing. And And you know what his response was? You mean those people who market stuff so you'll buy it? question mark uh, like all right so i get it i was i was a smart ass to him so then i go on and i wrote a novel and basically explained to him like look the things you're talking about are intonation like you're you're missing the point and then he goes on to say uh basically i'm wrong that i don't know what intonation is because no. intonation is literally just the string being in two with itself it's like, do you even know what that fucking word means? It's a completely semantic argument he's making at this point. I think he removed then, your comments because they were logical. Oh no! Oh no! They're still there. Are they? I'm, I'm I can't find right it. Now. Yeah, I'm looking at them right now. Uh, it's. I'll send them to you later, Jim. There's yeah. there's a big thing, or maybe I'll put them in the show notes. You guys can see them on the video if you want to go watch. The name of the video is actually "What Do Friend Fets? What Do Band Frets Actually Do?" Ormsby hype versus Vigier Excalibur. Okay. So immediately, and then the, uh, he argues with me, right? And I and I basically said, I'm bowing out. I'm not going to sit here and have an argument with somebody who's completely closed-minded. So I left it alone as much as I wanted to. Trust me, I wanted to drag this guy through the mud. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to. He He's the one that looks like the idiot on this. That's why he has uh, 69 dislikes on the video, because at least there's 69 of us out there who are smart enough to look at this and go, dude, you're fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, the point is, and I laughed because he has Patreon for his video, and I'm like, who's paying this guy? You know, he has yeah. 800 something likes. He's got 11,000 subscribers. I, I obviously he's got an audience. Um, I just don't think that he's right on this. He may not. He may be a nice guy. He may. He just don't go on the internet and pretend like you know everything about it. When was the last time you built a guitar? When was the last time you designed a guitar? That, and that's another thing. Like people build guitars all the time, but that doesn't necessarily mean they designed them. Um, so I don't know. Go go watch the video. Find out what you think. Talk about it in the group. I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be upset with our group members if you if you agree with the guy. But and don't just, forget, I, we're we're doing him a favor by sending him people who view it, they, whether they like right. it or they don't. The right. fact that you view it is doing him a favor, right? Um, so I have no ill ill will towards this guy. I just no, think he's wrong. It yeah. It's <laughs> just that. The very thing he says is what he then turns around and says, no, yeah. that's not, that's I, I not mean, true. We all know that if I take... The video, he mentions that if you have a lower tension string guitar, that it will go sharp. That means it's not intonated. 
because right. you're putting too much pressure, which means you're also <laughs> indicating that the player is part of intonation. He's, yeah. Again, he 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 actually rebuts his own initial comment. Yeah. That's the thing. It's, it's hysterical. I mean, and then he makes out like people like me who disagree with him are stupid. Yeah. I'm not stupid. Like, I've been playing for 15 years. I'm yeah. not stupid, especially about the guitar. I haven't even set up my guitars. And I know this guy's wrong. Oh, yeah. Like, that that's what gets me. Um, you know, I understand relief. I, I have done my own setups, obviously, in the past. I've been getting a lot better at it lately. But I right. take my guitars in because I don't want to dick with them. Like, that that's my thing. I, I don't have an hour and a half to sit around and fiddle fart with the, with the uh, truss rod in the neck to get the relief right. perfect. Right. I have the tools to do it. I just don't like to spend the time on it. Right. So and the truth I'm is, right. Truth is, I get I get my neck relief where I like it, um, and that changes obviously in the spring and the summer, especially in an area that has higher humidity. You have that thing. I have that thing in my area. Um, so humidity does make changes, um, and we do our intonation the best we can based on our setup, um, and that's it. I mean, I no. I'm not going to play a compensated. Um, uh, part fretboard. part part of why people see stuff like this and they don't understand is because you can really only get and and correct me if I'm wrong in the group I really actually want to get one of these instruments and own one and live with it for a while and not have to break the bank doing it. Yeah. If I have never seen a compensated fret and bridge system on a guitar that's under a thousand dollars. Yeah, I've yeah. I've maybe Ibanez does it, but I know their bridge isn't compensated. Right. So they're they're kind of making some compromises there as well. Um, Does Kisa I, compensate the bridge as well as the? Uh, I don't. Yeah, know. they do. Yeah, there there's they enough. So I'm looking at a Kiesel right now. That what about uh, the what about? Oh, so if you do fan frets with a trem, I'm they, looking at. Well, I'm looking at uh, now. Trem might be different because a trem system. Well, it looks like the the. Um, I'm looking at the uh, CL6 Chris Letchford signature. Okay. Um, and it looks like they did it on both ends, but the I think they have a zero fret, and that's how they're compensating it. On the yeah, well, so no, but I'm it, looking at uh, VM6 Vader headless multi scale. Um, it is fan fret, it has a compensated bridge. Let's see if I can order this with a trim. Um, yeah, see, that's the thing. I don't know if they have a compensated trim system like a um, no, they do not. Yeah, so so you cannot get a fret system with a with an actual trim. I don't know. Does Ormsby actually do a? a I doubt. I would doubt doubt it because that bridge is going to be fucking huge. Could you imagine Uh, the number of? You'd have to have individual strings or springs. Yeah, every single tension adjusted, right? Or tension adjusted individually, which would be a pain in the ass. The whole reason you don't want a uh, a Floyd would be. Multiplied by six. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be ridiculous, and you couldn't even have even tension on the springs. Like that's the other thing. That's what's nice about the fender claw system that they came up with is that you right. tighten that piece, and it evenly tightens across. Right. If if it's reasonably even, like that's one of the things that people don't seem to understand. And, I, and I'm going to point this out. I have seen so many damn guitars hanging at Guitar Center with no back plate on them, and you turn them around, and where oh the springs sit? Yeah. They're in a triangle. Yep. Your springs are not supposed to be in, in a, a fucking triangle, triangle people. Who? Who? Straight. <laughs> Because then your tension's not even, you dumbass. Like, what who, the fuck? set your guitar up? Yeah, you know, no you shit. Know, you know what people did? They set that guitar up for looks and not for playing. Dude, dude, I'm telling you right now. I have I have seen this come out of shops before. And I'm, like, looking at it. And I'm going, you do know that that's going to make it more 
difficult to stay in tune because it's not evenly spread across the bridge plane. Now, granted, yeah, it, I, it may be splitting apples. It may not be that evenly, but or it may not even be that big an issue. But the point is, there's a right and a wrong I way to do it. It takes you two seconds to fix it. I can't understand. Yeah, it does. I can't understand how that happens, honestly. I mean, when you think about it, so if you're, imagine you're pulling, um, if, you're, if you're using a floating bridge of any kind, so you've got the center of the bridge is where you're putting your intonation, then you're, you're fanning it out, right? That's what they're doing. They're fanning it out to the, yeah. to the, uh, the um, wall of the guitar, or, right? or, or vice versa. They can do it the oh, other way. that's even dumber. They can have it spread across the block. That's even dumber. To the claw on the, the other side. And the only reason I say that, uh, in that point, it, I don't think that it's going to matter as much as long as your sp- strings are tight. But one, but does the string the, won't be the, even. The tension won't be even because the center string doesn't have as much tension as the other two because they're right. fanned out more and they're, they're more tense. Now, right. Maybe it doesn't matter because you're you're pulling the block from the ends, and the person doesn't even realize the center center spring. Look at what Jim, my fingers Jim, doing here. What, what it, can ha- what can happen though is the spring can pop off while you're fucking playing. Exactly, it. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That spring. Imagine that. You know, a lot of people don't like that spring noise, and so um, some guitars have like the PRSs. I notice I don't have you any spring the, noise. Yeah, but. you could get the noise. You can get the noise of springs, or yep. if you're really smart. All you do is you put a piece of cloth underneath yeah. the springs in the back of the guitar. Yeah, you put and, a, a, a sock. You can put, yeah. You could rip a piece of a, Cle- a Kleenex. Yeah, like whatever. Well, and as long as the springs have a right little here. bit of a little bit of gap between each each rung of the spring, yep. you'll be fine because it's not going to get wedged in there and but then cause you to go on tune. Two, yeah, but two things: the strings are eventually going to wind into each other at the one end, and mm-hmm. two, you're pulling a single screw. We talked about this when it came to the. To yep. putting stuff yep. up on the wall, you're pulling a single screw with the with the thing. There's a reason they use two and three screws in these systems. You're you're you don't yeah, want to pull it yeah. out of the freaking wood. <laughs> there it goes. Yeah. Now we're yeah. gonna pull it. You know what I want somebody to do? I want somebody to design a single pickup guitar with a trim system, right? The claw. Yeah. And I want to, and, and I, I really don't want them to do this, but this would be really funny if somebody actually did it yeah. and get screws long enough to go through the body into the neck. So that you, so that you have complete tension from the neck all the way, all yeah. the way down into the fucking bridge, and that way when you're I, yanking I on it, 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 it would just. Yeah, every time you grab that trim bar, you're pulling on the neck. You know, <laughs> uh, that There's is hilarious. People, so, so a lot of people don't know this. This is a little strat uh, setup tip for for people. Yep. So if you have a strat neck, and and um, when you put your screws through the body. The, the screws actually kind of thread through the body, and you actually have to, you know, screw them through. They don't just fall through the body because there's a hole drill there. They're actually threaded. Um, <laughs> the funny part about it is I've heard tons of people, and I and I gather this is probably true, but but maybe somebody wants to pipe up. Um, if you drill that hole all the way through and you put the screw into the guitar that way, it will actually uh, be better for the for the uh, tension of those those screws into the neck. And I've also seen people put socketed screws into the neck, so they put a socket in there, the threaded socket, an insert, and then they're screwed into that. And I'm sure that that does have some bearing on it. I mean, it would definitely affect tonality. I know uh, I, I had an Ibanez that was set up that way at one point, and it actually wasn't. I like it played differently. It was weird. Um, it was actually a little bit more metallic sounding, um, oddly enough. But yeah, I, I would think it, that's a, probably a pro tip if you're interested. You can probably do that and get you know better. Um, I won't say sustain, but a better joint there. 
Speaking of screws, unrelated, we'll come right back. My ADHD kicking in. Um, I learned something uh, this week. This week or last week, I don't know. Um, I was watching Philip McKnight, one of his five things you didn't know about. I think it was Philip McKnight. Anyway, talking about PRS's um, screws. Everybody complains about the um, the uh, screws that go in, or the um, the buttons for the straps. They're like, oh, the buttons for the strap, big pain in the ass, blah, blah, blah. Almost everybody replaces their strap buttons with right. Which is why them. they don't give a fuck. Right. Like <laughs> they they just give you an oversight. But what here's a here's a tip for you though. the The reason that PRS does this is because you can take their screw, and their screw will fit into Schaller and Dunlop screw systems. You do not need to use a different what? screw, so you don't need to. You have, You've been there, right? You you go to yeah, put but, the locking um, uh, strap on, and um, that screw is too small and um, doesn't go into the hole properly. And now you got to do the old toothpick thing and everything. All right, else. all right, all right. I'm all right. just can saying I, that. Can I can I play can I play amateur woodworker for a minute? Sure, go ahead. I, I don't know a lot about woodwork, but I do know that when you screw in a wood screw, every time you back that screw out and you put a new wood screw or the, the same wood screw back in. You're essentially weakening that joint. Um, yes, and so, but it depends on the number of times and how hard you're turning it and how hard you put it in. That sure, those things do matter because when you back it out and you put it back in. Now, if you do this a lot, yeah, wood is just gonna you're gonna lose the wood and it's gonna be gone. It's really hard for me not to make some really bad comments. Here. I, yeah, we're talking about so many things. We're screwing wood and. I, could I just say that I watched a very special episode of South Park? Uh, no, no, God, that, there's probably plenty of them dealing with this too. But a very special episode of Portlandia last night called the Pullout King, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Oh yeah. Well, anyway, um, uh, that kind of thing aside, um, we- it was about it was about sofas. Damn it. <laughs> Oh, that's terrible. Uh, although that that um that episode must have been that that title must have been clickbait. The pullout king had to be uh, well, clickbait. Come on, sort come of on. about sofa. It's only sort of about sofas, but yes, go on. <laughs> oh, or things that you do with uh, on a sofa. Anyway, oh god, the, um the yeah yeah those are those days are long gone for me. Um, <laughs> the, um oh, I got kids at home and oh <laughs> Jesus, but um. And I live alone. A- anyway, um, you know, the, the thing is that uh, there's there's that whole... Um, uh, <laughs> I just I can't back, come back from this. Push the screws back in Anyway, it just Let's came to the screws don't have to be replaced with the new screws. You can use the old screws. Now we can go back to screwing um, uh, guitars <laughs> in different together. places. <laughs> screwing shit up, okay? Um... Yeah, trim systems. We're we're going back to trim systems. So you don't like I, we could probably do a whole episode on Floyd Rose. And I know I've got two of them. I it's not that I don't like them, Jim. They're just too much maintenance for me. It, it the last thing I want to do is dick around with string changes and stuff like that. You have to have tools. Like. A string change on stage is impossible. You break yeah. a string, you better have another guitar. Mm-hmm. That that's a given. I don't care who you are, I don't care how good your system is. You break a string, you're going to need a new guitar um, backstage, you know. And since I'm a, you know, I'm a weekend warrior, that's not going to happen. 
So yeah. I have to I have to look to um you know having two guitars all the time. All it's time. not and it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like I just look, I honestly um I think the compensated frets are probably more of a thing for me than I think a Floyd is at this point. I think I would be more interested in having a guitar with fan frets. So I can say I had one, you know, so I can say I know how they feel. Right. And I know what the ins and outs uh, ins and outs of these are better than say some jackass on uh, YouTube that wants to call people dumbasses because um, they necessarily don't share the same opinion as him. Um, Anyway, and for our listeners, if you hear thunder, I'm I've got storms in my area. Um, yeah, I think that for if I was to choose between uh, Kiesel and Ormsby, I'd probably go Kiesel. Not because not because I have anything against Ormsby. I think Ormsby is a great company. Um, I would go Kiesel, and as well. I'm sure builds fantastic guitars. But honestly, I want to keep my that kind of money in the states, and uh, I yeah. think that. The Kiesel guys are great guys. And I've been looking at Carvins since I was a kid. I used to get that magazine every year um, or so. Carvin would put out a magazine of Carvin products and they'd yeah. send them out. And I got on that list. I was probably 12. This would have been the mid 70s, early mid 70s. And um, they used to put this ridiculously ostentatious oh, shit on the cover that like was oh, like touring gosh. musician grade. You yes. know? And you're like, they would have because they did their own speak. They were they were nuts to bolt. You could you yeah could you could set get a column and, PA array if you wanted one. <laughs> that's like, right. You would have an entire band. You could have the you had the PA. You had the lights. You had the controls. You had the sound. You had the guitars. You had amps. You had everything. Everything could be carved. It was it was a fantastic magazine. It was it was like getting you know you get the musician's friend or the Sweetwater one or whatever. It was like getting that, but it was just all Carvin. And I thought to myself, wow, oh, Carvin must be all the, time. the most awesome company <laughs> that has ever existed that I don't know anybody who has a Carvin. The only perception. <laughs> I knew nobody that had a Carvin. I still don't know anybody who's ever owned a Carvin. We've, ta- we've talked about Carvin Kiesel on the, on the show before. And yeah. I, I think the only thing that killed the PA business and stuff for them was the fact that you could go to a retail store and buy this stuff. Back when yeah. that company flourished, yep. you had to mail order any sort of large scale PA equipment. Like if you were right. a company and you needed to order right. like a PA amplifier for the for your shop floor, yep. you went to you know the online place or not but, online, well, but you went you, you went, went to into a, a catalog right. and you mail ordered that shit. That's right. And so you didn't know what the fuck you were and getting. They didn't change. They didn't change with the times. I mean. They they didn't have a distribution system that put them on the floors of whether it's you know your local mom and shop store or um, you know whatever. I um, absolutely love going into um, going into somewhere like Guitar Center and spending money on my corporate card for work. Okay. Yeah. You couldn't do that back then, right? Guitar Center didn't even exist back then. Well, okay. Even the mom and pops were, existed, well, but they didn't have a you know a, a ten right, thousand watt have, system, right? You, and you a twenty four thousand watt. You didn't see two thousand watt wedges, yeah. And you know it just didn't exist. So for a company like Carvin to be out there, it was really important. Um, actually, when you when you stop and you and you think about it, like 
being able to go into the store and buy the stuff the same day is what killed Carvin. And yeah, because I they mean, were at like that time so many charts. Um, here's my history yeah. lesson for everybody this episode. So when Guitar Center started, I think the late seventies. And it they, they didn't have very many locations. I think they had like four or something. Yeah. And they were called Organ Center originally. Yeah. And it and and because synthesizers were the big money item back then. Right. And it did it didn't become Guitar Center until the until the synth market dropped out. Yep. In the late seventies, early eighties. And then they were like, "What do we do now?" And they and really it was like Yamaha DX sevens and stuff like that that drove them to realizing we have to change our name. Right. Like. Because we're no longer relevant, so that's just a little bit of tidbit history trivia for everybody. Like if you know, if you shopped at Guitar Center back in the seventies, it was Organ Center. <laughs> wow, I did not know that. Honestly, yeah, yeah. I think that if I got a, a Kiesel, um, you know, I would probably look at the SH uh, six uh, Kiesel twenty four fret um, semi hollow. I've always loved the look of that semi hollow that they had. Uh, just always yeah. been something I really liked. They're cool looking. I I would go I would go balls to the wall. Yeah. I'm getting I'm getting a Vader headless. Yeah. That's with yeah. That's an I'm, I, the only question. Is fan fret, fan frets or, or freaking trim. <laughs> that's the only question. Yeah. I because if I'm doing Kiesel, like I'm going full out. I'm thinking fan <laughs> frets if you go Kiesel. I mean, come on. I don't know. I want to I want to trim though because I use my trim a lot. That's well, yeah. I mean. I'm actually surprised you use your trim a lot, but you are not a big guy on. And I know that, that it's more work on a, on a Floyd system. That's right. That's right. Because, well, and that's the other thing is I've explored the various options that exist for trim systems. So, like, for me, people, you, you're using a Bigsby. I'm going to insult. I'm not going to insult you, but I'm going I'm to tell you this. A Bigsby oh. is not capable of doing the stuff I do with a trim. No. Um <laughs> When I actually, you know, the big iron opener for me, Jim, was when I saw John Patricia go to a two-point tremolo. Yeah. That was a guy that was a dyed-in-the-wool, I-have-to-have-a-Floyd-Rose guy who was like, you know what, locking tuners in a, in a uh, two-point system works for me. Yeah. And I was like, all right, don't need a, tre- don't need a Floyd. Thank God. <laughs> you know, it was like, I didn't, I hadn't owned one at that point anyway. But I was like, thank God, I really don't need a Floyd. And there's still guys that are diehards for me. There's C-Buy and stuff like that, but. Well, you know, I mean, um, the now, of course, if I didn't go fan fret, the v- the um, Kiesel Vader comes without a fan. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm going to go to a v- Vader with the trim, probably. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to do hardtails anymore. That's yep. I'm looking at a Vader but, right now. But before that, I'm probably doing that PRS Mira. So anyway, yeah. well, I, I'll probably do my custom shop before I do anything. <laughs> custom shop. I, Here goes Jim's car. <laughs> yeah, there goes Mike. Well, I'm not buying another car. Jim, I'm, gonna, look, I'm not buying look, another Jim, car. Jim's, look, I'm, Jim's I'm, play, he's playing his car on stage. Jim's, yeah, Jim's not going to buy a car. Talking my, gonna, about myself in the third person here. I, I won't right. buy a car. I'm going to wait. My car's paid off. That's, you know, that's X hundred dollars a month. I'm not going to tell anybody what my car payment is, but that's X hundred dollars a month that I've got that um, can sit around, spend one year um, making an extra payment or two on my house, and then. Um, Go in. Uh, uh, actually, I could make a few extra payments, and then um, and then go and uh, buy a um, spend one year saving that money. One year, I could buy a um, one PRS custom shop. Yeah, PRS custom, and I'll have three three production models by the yeah. time you're done with that. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be paid off completely in one year. 
No, I'm I'm just teasing you, Jim. Like I'm I'm totally all for but, it. I mean, you it's, get a, it, you is get the a, guitar that we'll go into. I'll, I'll spend almost as much money on the case, the glass case with the with yeah. the laser lights. You know, it'll be a regular freaking uh, Ocean's Thirteen to get to it. Christ, trying to get. Yeah, because you won't even drag your you won't even drag your boogie out to a club like. Trans- yeah, t- Tom Cruise would have. To- oh my God! So Jim's like um, the guitar. He's not gonna play. People, let's last just night, be very yeah, honest. Last night, I I was I was so paranoid last night. We played at this place that the the stage is right as almost as you're leaving. So somebody could just literally reach over the stage, grab my guitar, and just walk out with it as they were leaving the place. And I'm like looking around. Where's their Where's their video cameras? Do they have anything? That can... And then even if they did, you know, nobody's going to stop somebody walking out with a guitar. And I'm like, oh. And, and what's worse is next week we play another location of theirs and the stage is right next to the door. There isn't even a thing. You'd have to reach <laughs> over to grab a guitar. You just walk out the door with it. Just, hey, Jim, gone. I just, Guitar's so gone. I did a jam. No, we'll talk about it next episode. Yeah. So everybody, thanks for thanks for tuning in and listening to us ramble about what were we rambling about? Oh yeah, intonation, fret, fret ways, fan frets. Uh, Again, there's many reasons to have a fan PRS fret. Fellas. It's not one. There's not one reason to go with a fan fret. Guitar. And I can't wait for you to get your Kiesel because I really, really want to hear about the fan fret. Thing. I don't know if I'm going to get one fan frets. That's what I said. Uh you still got to try one. We're going to be, I'll be at Sweetwater Gear Fest. I'm sure I'll get the chance to. Oh, yeah, yeah. You should. There'll be something there. There should be something. Ormsby or Ibanez or somebody. Should yeah, somebody will be there with fan fret guitars. So. Well, thanks, everybody. Tuning in. I've been Jim. And I've been Dude. And we have been the Practical Guitar. Guitarists.